right, here we are. What is up, y'all? I guess you know who all's here tonight. We have the lovely Emory Morgan Stern, his dashing self with his lovely prime combat training background. I dig it. We've got Mr. Sue LaRue sitting to uh, Emory's right. You know, his right-hand man, his wingman. Yeah. And then Mr. Robert T. Toombs, a man himself with mountain readiness. What is up, y'all? What's shaking? Oh, we already got Ezra in the house. He's here already. What's up, Ezra? That's a good kid right there, a real good kid. Uh, so so Emory overcame his technical challenges. Yeah, it's it's a rough go with uh, Sue and I both in technology. It's not really a not a good match. We're hearing it again. He's back, the piggy piggy. But it's all right. We'll we'll deal with it. <laughs> we'll deal with it. So uh, tonight's giveaway will be a uh, a tumbler, one of like one of these, but with my logo on it. And uh, so the giveaway for that is hashtag AA tumbler. So you guys hit that, you know the drill. You do that, that puts you in. We'll automatically draw it in a little while, and somebody gets a free cup. So, oh, and that's U.S. only. If you're watching from afar, we'll work something else out. If you're <laughs> yeah, just like I have to ship stuff to Canada sometimes, and dude, that's just a bitch. I mean, it's tough. Oh, you got to fill out customs forms and all this crazy stuff. It's retarded. I did not realize that. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, going to get a little bit more interesting with uh, all the smoke and fires that are going on in that area. Yeah, yeah, they're still burning. Yeah, it's it's funny they're they're using that as the uh, as the reason, the explanation for you know we need more money for climate change, even though the fires were all uh, what's that called arson? Yeah, that's it. Right. So, (laughs) man-made disaster. That's what they're called. Yeah, man-made disaster. So, but climate change is the problem. Hmm. So you got to fix that. <laughs> thank, thank you, Al Gore. Well, yeah, he's still out there. He's, he owns one of the biggest carbon exchanges in the world. And yeah, he was the he was like he the forerunner. That was the granddaddy of it all, right there. Yep, he was the first one to dream this bullshit up. We're outside the same. Yeah. yeah. So having said that, close we do, enough. We do add a lot of damage. The same people are damaging. <laughs> people do, yeah. The people certainly oh, yeah. do. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, carrying capacity is a thing for a reason. So, yeah, and humans violate it like it doesn't apply to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people are saying in the comments that the wind is, or the, the air sucks around where they're living because of those fires. So well, it's been horrible all day today. It's it's been. Uh, I woke up, you know, yesterday. It's, it's interesting how the winds move. Yesterday was. Was this beautiful, clear day here? And uh, today, man, you can't even see your headlights. Really, that bad? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. How you out? You're uh, well. No, you're not. You're not there in North Carolina either, right now, are you, Sue? I'm. I'm actually out here in Phoenix, Arizona. I've been out here doing a documentary uh, for. Uh, well, I'm participating in a documentary for the Outdoor Channel on a uh, a great American named Frank DeSoma who started a uh, company called uh, Patriot Ordnance Firearms, or I'm sorry, Patriot Ordnance Factory. And uh, he was uh, the originator of it. And uh, tragically, he was killed a few years ago in 20, 2022 in a vehicle accident. And uh, he's uh, he's 
his company is being run by his son, Cody DeSoma. So uh, the Outdoor Channel was looking for, uh, you know, American-made type things. They, they uh, did documentaries on, uh, I think it was uh, Sig Sauer or uh, maybe, and then uh, uh, some of the bigger ones, uh, uh, Smith & Wesson maybe. But uh, they were looking for a smaller company and uh, uh, POF or Patriot Ordnance Factory uh, jumped right out at him and uh, the, the family called me and said hey you've known this guy for 20 years would you come out and be part of it so I'm out here for the next couple of days awesome that's, that's cool what, and you're doing another documentary here soon with somebody down here in Florida right you're coming down here to shoot something like that right that's not really a documentary where uh, Emery and I are going to be involved in uh, audiobooks uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, do audiobooks on uh, by a uh, or true hero, uh, his name's John Mullins. He was a two-star, two silver star uh, recipient in Vietnam, uh, and, and I don't know how many Purple Hearts. Two or three, Emery? Uh, two or I three. three. Three Purple Hearts. A Max Hog veteran, and he's he's got a series of novels. Uh, uh, some are some are based on some of his ex uh, Vietnam experience. You know, kind of a. Uh, historical novels. If you read them, though, they're, you can tell they're, they're true stories. But uh, the, the one we're going to turn to audiobooks uh, from Tactical Rifle is basically a novel by John Mullins uh, done in audiobooks by Tactical Rifleman. So we're going to go in there and try to do the, do the characters with using everybody that works with Tactical Rifleman. And some other oh, that's cool. As hell. Yeah. That is you awesome. Know, as awesome as John is, and he, I mean, this man truly is a national treasure. This is a hero. You know, we don't, what? Not you. You're, you're sitting in the hog pen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as, as incredible as he is, uh, apparently he's a horrible judge of character because he picked three people that can't read to narrate his books. <laughs> That's true. Sweet. Oh boy. Hey, have you guys tracked the, the Hunter Biden uh deposition that's forthcoming? Everybody's so excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's Thursday or tomorrow. I guess he gets he gets deposed and it'll be the first time he actually has to answer questions about the laptop and stuff under oath. Like, can't really duck it this time. Well, under oath only means something to a, a very few people, it seems, these days. Yeah. yeah. And it certainly doesn't apply to people with the last name Biden. So. Yeah. <laughs> or, or Clinton. Or Clinton. Uh, there's a, there, we talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah. There's a, Clinton, Biden, Pelosi, Obama. There's a list of them. Um, Schumer, you know, all those, you know the names. That None of that applies to them. Well, unfortunately, yes. that's, that's, that's what happens to, you know, the breakdown of society, you know. It, the rules are meant for everybody except us type thing. And then, and then pretty soon nobody wants to follow the rules. Yeah. The, the, uh, it looks like the DOJ is going with the French model, you know, let them eat cake basically just like we can do as we please because they have no recourse, and, you know, screw them. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, there is, there is no teeth to this deposition. I mean, Congress can ask all the questions they want and he can, he can uh, he can mislead them, or he can say, "I plead the fifth, like we saw with uh, Lois Lerner from the IRS, or they refuse to answer the questions, and Congress really doesn't have the power to prosecute or imprison. So, no, 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 he's walking. 
He's going to walk just free and clear. Well, now, can get. This is a civil suit. He cannot take the fifth. This is a civil suit. So the, the, the owner of the laptop shop, the computer repair place in Delaware, it has filed a like a libel suit against Hunter. And that's what the deposition is for. And that's why so many people are excited about it, because it is a civil suit and he cannot plead the fifth. He has to answer the questions. Oh, no, but, you that's know, exciting. I, did, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So now his high paid lawyers, of course, are going to do everything they can to obfuscate those points. But he has to answer the questions, you know, and I figure I figure uh, I just I forgot his name. He's guy wears the beret with red hair. He looks like the dude off of Mythbusters. But uh, yeah. he uh, <laughs> his lawyer can press the issue and actually tell the, you know, tell the judge, can you make him answer? You know, so or he'll be held in contempt. So he's this is kind of a big deal that, that they might actually get some answers out of him that he's never been willing to give before because otherwise he'll perjure himself or be held in contempt. So at the very least, maybe he'll give us some slip ups, you know, that might be kind of leading towards the truth. You know, to be honest, if there's one law that they should today, they should implement would be anybody at the higher echelons of government. If they are under or, or anybody connected, if they're under some sort of a, a lawsuit, Right, public defender. They are not. They should not be allowed to get those high dollar lawyers. They got to get the cheapest, crappiest public defender. And now you better prove your innocence that way. Well, but see, you also know how that system works because then the the legal wheels will simply take a very high horsepower firm and tell them they're doing it pro bono as a legal as a public defender, and they'll do it. Just because they got to keep the system going. That's why it's so rigged. I mean, you know, you'll never get that high horsepower law firm as your public defender, but he would. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a reason they call it the establishment. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. What are they going to actually ask him though that we haven't already seen? I mean, he's laying there with a crack pipe in his mouth on the pictures. For God's sake, Did you guys I mean, you know. See the recent picture of him that came out where he was snorting cocaine with his brother's minor daughter and then still another awesome. stuff with Wow. His brother, so, I mean, his, know, his, his dead brother's minor daughter. Now I, now, I did not see that picture. Not that I'm yeah. surprised in the least bit, but um, that being stated, I mean, how many questions do you need to ask at this point? Hey, there's pictures. Everybody say, I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. Isn't all of isn't, this uh, isn't uh, your dead brother's minor daughter called your niece unless you're in West Virginia and then it's like your girlfriend? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought that was illegal. Incest should be. Should be. Uh, what, what part of it are you asking about? Those the, the the snorting the coke part or the underage? <laughs> I mean. When, you know, the crack pipe, the hookers. I mean, yeah. Well, man, yeah, I'm, I'm no lawyer, there's but a... there's at least five big time felonies here. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'll have to tune in. I'll have to tune in and check it out, see how deep they go down the rabbit hole. But for some reason, I just have this sneaking suspicion that it's just not going to go off the way we want it to go. It never does. It never does. So, because again, if he does perjure himself, like you said, like Ben and Kelly say here in the comments, if they do, if he does perjure himself, or if he is held in contempt, DOJ won't do nothing to him. 
they're just gonna be like, oh, that's silly judge, you know. Yeah, no big deal. And that, and that, that was happened. my point. They'll end up getting a plea deal like this this last round of uh, charges. You know, yep. he'll he'll plead out. And if you and I would have failed to fill out that form correctly, or if we had uh, an addiction and bought a firearm at the same time. Emory and I would be out of business. We couldn't be on a range teaching anybody anything. Nope. And uh, they'd come to our house and confiscate the, what's left of our weapons, and we'd be cellmates together. Yep. They'd make right. sure we'd be in some Yeah, y'all be in the booty house. And, uh, <laughs> that's that's the big punishment. Jail? Man, okay. I got to stay in jail with him? Cellmates. Uh, no, no, no. Give me the Clintons, please. Emory's like, that is cruel and unusual punishment, and that is against the Constitution. I get I get the top bunk because I wet the bed. That's oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh. Raindrops. <laughs> oh. Golden no. showers, yes. You Golden can't get showers. any better than that. Yeah, luckily so, we're uh, definitely past that 60-second mark. Oh, so, so what do you know oh, about yeah. golden showers? I didn't cuss. I didn't cuss. I didn't cuss. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know, an insight into the mind of Sulu. Mm. A deep, dark place, it sounds like. No. You know, it would be a kind of a funny TV show. Shallow, but really jail. mucky. Shallow, but really mucky. So That would be, we need to get you and you guys on that show that, the, what is it, for the 60 days in or whatever? <laughs> Put them two in together as plants. together as their, their teammates, you know, working working side by side. And that that, that would be awesome. I, I would tune into that every single week. You could pay for that. Work. You could pay for oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd be running that cell block within 72 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, my gang can beat up all, all your gangs. All right? Yeah. Who's your gang? That guy. Does anybody have a does anybody have a contact for that show? We've got to we need to reach out. Uh, that's not well. Come on, come, oh, come on, on, Sue. Sue. You What's can go 60 back days? You, no, you can I don't, do 60 I don't know. days I don't on your head. No, no. <laughs> Sue does have a contact, is what it sounds like. <laughs> in prison. <laughs> in prison. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, in prison on the inside. Yeah. Hey man, I help you guys out. I slip you a couple shanks and stuff. I mean, hey. we'll figure a way. You know, I get you the shank in the in the cake. All I'm saying is, don't start washing socks because what it leads to rhymes with that, and you don't want no part of that. It's mm. <laughs> not a side hustle. I don't care what they tell you. <laughs> and this this is supposed to be on the after show, isn't it? This part of uh, it before <laughs> after in the middle. Drifts in now and again. I, I can't be I can't be an inmate because uh, most of them wear orange coveralls and that clashes with my hair. I'm a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give it a couple of years too; it'll all be white. Yeah. I think I, that's true. I think yeah, I it'll look like a candy corn. I'm, I'm still too pretty for prison. I think. I think. I think no. that's that's my issue. I need to get another ten twenty in me before I can. What? What in the world is that? We've I'm got getting instructions. Sorry, y'all. No rabbit right. juice. <laughs> and we were instructed to. He doesn't. He's reaching. He's not reaching. I reached. I moved. It's no longer in the shot. Sorry. Right. Anyway. 
Cool. <laughs> yeah, Mel came in here. She's like, and she was right. I didn't, do that. I didn't know it was in the shot. Whoops. Yeah, that, you'll have that. It happens from time to time. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, this is that's just an example of the two tier justice system that we keep talking about, which keeps happening though. And over they don't even deny and it. Over. And they don't even deny it because they have zero fear, none whatsoever. You know, the other day, uh, Putin or uh, Biden. Did you guys see what Biden said? On live TV yesterday, I try not to watch such that a ever. yeah. Listening to but, that individual no, speak, <laughs> but just this line. He sat down and he said, "I started before you." He's talking to a panel and he said, "I've sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of other important things." Looking right at the camera. <laughs> uh, He's actually you know, starting to admit it now. You know, his brain is slipping. The clutch is wore out in that thing. Oh yeah, it's gone. It's gone. So, uh, yeah, it's smart. I, I thought I thought he was trying to make a joke when I saw it. I, I don't know if he was. No, he didn't come. He, it didn't come off as funny as all. Not well, he wasn't trying to make a joke. His brain was just, you know, in neutral, and his mouth was running, and the truth was falling out of it. That's what happened to him. Oh, <laughs> the truth is falling out of it. No, it, it well, is. It is. You know, it, he's it, not going to intentionally, but it, it will fall out because he's, you know, like I said, the clutch is wore out. So. Hey, uh, hey, Holly. Let's, let's run our let's, real quick, guys. Let's let's get our our spot in for sponsors because we're picking those up now. We're actually getting to be kind of professional. Nice. Kind of professional. I'm at Farms Depot with my good buddy John Faulkner. This may look like look like a little deja vu to some of you guys. That's right. It's been a while since we've been on camera together. We made a couple videos. We made a couple. We made a couple videos <laughs> a couple together. Videos. Yeah. So. And, and you guys don't know, but we've got the glorious Nikki behind the camera again today. It's like old times. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So how's the firearms industry, man? It's, I mean, we you stepped out of one. You're in a new thing now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Still the same thing, but yeah. Owner operator of FirearmsDepot.com. Uh, you guys hear me talk about it all the time. I have a fantastic crew. He does. That I've worked with for a long time here. And, um, you know, we've been doing absolutely amazing. And you have a whole other side of this operation that probably most people don't even know about. And that's the custom safes, vault rooms, all that stuff. Yeah, so own multiple multiple businesses, Firearms Depot being the, the largest. Yep. Uh, but then I also have a company called TK422 Customs, where we make really high-end custom safes and vault rooms um, that, you know, we... we travel all across America all installing the these things yes. uh, and it's a super cool business um, I have an amazing crew and you and you can work with the client see what their vision is for yep. what they want and then you bring a whole nother level of stuff to that with I mean there's video screens there's bars and these things yeah there's, there's everything in these vaults yeah I mean pretty much whatever you're looking for we we pretty much have one-stop shop for all your uh, firearms and firearms related needs that's right give them the website John firearmsdepot.com. There you go, guys. Hit the link, check it out, and uh, start saving some money on your gun stuff and, and support an awesome company. Appreciate it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a dear friend of mine. I count him among brothers. I mean, he is an ultralight hiker, and that's a little frou-frou, but I won't hold it against him. So. And, and where's he out of? He's out of Gainesville, Florida. Uh, he runs that. He's a local guy to me. Uh, he actually has a very, very nice thermal for me that I will be picking up soon uh, that you guys will see some videos on um, because it's the first ones of these to hit the country. Um, I get one of them, and you're going to see some some cool video out of that. But, yeah, he's a, he came from a much larger online firearms retailer 
that was actually his idea. He started, um, it exploded. And then the, the, the money guy there figured he would take the credit and, and he terminated that relationship. And so John recreated it and he's doing awesome. And he's a great guy and a dear friend of mine. So John yeah. Faulkner and Firearms Depot, check him out. Yeah, when, uh, when Emery and I come down and see you in August, or I'm sorry, the last week of July, is it the last week of July, Emery? We're going to Sarasota? Last week of July, we're recording. Yeah. Yeah, last week of July, I'm in North Carolina. You said the first two weeks in July. Things changed. Something came up, and I have to be there for it. Uh, All right. Well, I didn't make the, the schedule. I just got a phone call. I got to be there. So, well, hook us up with, uh, with firearms. Details. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, send you guys by for sure. You, you I will. I will bring. I will bring my revolution, and uh, and uh, Emery will bring my other revolution what, that he what revolution? That he borrowed. And uh, we, I know we're, we're trying. We're trying to help these guys behind me here. Uh, they lost their East Coast distributorship, so uh, you know. Uh, it's it's time that the people on the East Coast, where we all live, need to understand that uh, these these rifles that are made out here in Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, you're going to have one gun. If I was to lose all the weapons I have, and I've got a bunch of them, I would keep the, only be allowed to have one. It would be the the one that is made here in Phoenix, Arizona, at POF. So I need I need the people on the East Coast to understand that. Look at these things. You need to sign them up as a sponsor. And then we'll all carry their guns. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I mean, I'm not cheap, but I can be bought. Yes. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I, I tell you what. <laughs> on on the rocks, right? On the on the our little the after, after party, show. Okay, let's back up. Lay so. out some information. We'll talk about POF. Uh, for those yeah. people yeah. that aren't familiar, we'll kind of set the ground for you. Yeah. yeah, so, so Emory, you and I talked about that earlier, but these other two didn't have no input. So we were thinking of the after show and the name for the after show, and we were thinking of calling it On the Rocks, and then we know there has to be something else. And we were thinking Sack of Rocks or <laughs> with a Sack of Rocks, you know? <laughs> on the Rocks with a bunch of rocks. On the Rocks with a bunch of rocks. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was that was during – you guys were texting me today. I, I thought I, I – thought I, Sent you guys some some cool ideas. You guys did didn't you? like my idea. You did. You did. I must have missed them, dude. I didn't. All right. I'm not as completely uh, caught up on the group. Well, spit them uh, out. You're here now. Let's do it now. We'll see what these guys like. I now I got to go back because I can't. I can't remember. What well, I I, I had an idea that at least he kind of liked, which was angrier. And yeah, I remember angrier. I remember that one. Angrier. Could, that was a good one. The yeah. On the rocks with angrier. I mean, we can actually. That's oh yeah. Angry, angrier is, is the well. Yeah, Mel uses that for stuff. I was going to call it smoke break because I haven't, you know, I haven't smoked after, you know, I, you know, I remember that smoke break. Uh, yeah, after smoke, stuff. smoke after sex, but I haven't had a cigarette in years for sex. Uh, Good thing oh, you're in. Uh, and, then, and then I and then I said that Emory shoots blanks, or, and then we got into where he shoots blanks. I got into sounds. a whole other yeah, dissertation yeah. of. And then I went to on the rocks. Okay. Shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, catch up, old man. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we're thinking on the rocks, and you guys can throw out suggestions for what you think the after show is going to be called because we didn't come up with a name for that 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 mess that it will be. So. Uh, do, do, do. you guys see the the tornado in Indiana? Have you seen the video of those? No, you know what? I just missed it. I just got back to Indiana yesterday. 
And I know you were out of town. You showed up nice. right after the tornado, of course. So, any damage? You, you, yeah, they're talking about it on the news. You, you hear much it? about it? I watched the videos of it. It tore some shit up. But yeah, there's there's a couple of phone lines and stuff down here, but you know nothing major. I mean, half the half the storms here knock down trees. So right, it's hard to. It's. I mean, it's. I know it's hard to believe, especially you know in a state that's you know, perfectly flat with no trees and cornfields everywhere that wind could take out a bunch of stuff, but nothing against Indiana. <laughs> that was That's like the, the, the Derek Chico or whatever the hell they call it. They went through Iowa and I was like, what, what did it blow down? What is that? You know, I mean, would it blow the corn down? You know, not the offense to Iowa folks. It's just a joke, but still. Right. It's just joke. Yeah. Well, there's good things in Iowa as well, somewhere. Only place really like to drive through worse than Iowa is Nebraska. Sorry yeah. if you live in Nebraska, but Jesus. It like, is I rough. Myself. You, you forgot Kansas. Kansas and Nebraska. Well, yeah. Kansas. Yeah, but they're really kind of the same thing. Yeah. Ohio. Except one's colder. I got it. Driving from here one's got more Ohio, than for me is is kind of torture. Especially Ohio changes their speed limit every three miles. So it's you like, had me, oh, 50, you had me. no, 45. You had me when you said driving to Ohio. I, I was done right there because that's a great place no, to that, be from. That, that make you scrub your teeth with a pistol. There's no doubt. I mean, right there. It does. All those, I mean, all as those. soon as I get, through, I get through Charleston, you know, heading towards Ooh. Indiana because I have uh, – children and family that still love that state and so i you know as soon as i get through charleston and uh, hit the ohio line it's just instant depression you know all the oh, way yeah down. i feel you know what he, i resent you calling me children no. right well <laughs> you're it, it was a you're you you're you're very youthful looking i mean look you don't even have any gray or nothing look at that beard it's beautiful do you just remember that you know, you know what t i'm gonna give you 10 minutes to stop that all those states you guys mentioned there's, are, are great reasons for learning carpentry and learning how to build a house because none of those states do you want to have a trailer in, no. be in a trailer, no. trailer house no. and you, you want to make sure you have a good foundation Especially Oklahoma, Oklahoma uh, northern northern Oklahoma, North Texas. There's, uh, mm -hmm. those, I've seen some of those tornadoes. I haven't actually been in one, but I've seen I've been up close to them, and uh, that's just, that's a scary thing. I feel for those people that have to go through that. That's a traumatic event. Yeah. We had a well, we had a tornado. That's, that's the thing about the tornadoes. It's, yeah. Sorry, team. Preparing for tornadoes no, is like good. Hit it. The hardest thing in the world to do because the only thing you can do to prepare for a tornado really is have an underground shelter. Like, yeah. yes, the reality of it is that you've got to get below ground mm -hmm. or, or into something super sturdy. And so that's a rough one to prepare for. And like in Florida, the closest, well, I mean, we get tornadoes down here too. We had one go through a trailer park a few years ago, back to what you guys were saying. Um, you know, the finger of God came right down in his waiting room and he stirred some stuff around. But uh, hurricanes are like that too. Only they last a hell of a mm -hmm. lot long. Tornadoes short-lived, super damaging. So. Well, yeah, and how fast that they show up. I mean, a tornado just drops out of nowhere in in seconds. And yeah. um, 
When I was, I think I was about 11, 12 years old, we were family of five living in a tent, one of those four-person military canvas tents, you know, them ugly, that we, we, we lived in that for a year. That was entertaining to say the least, but a tornado actually went through just about a mile down the hill. And um, the only thing worse than being in a uh, trailer in a tornado is a tent. Especially a military canvas wall tent. <laughs> a military yeah. canvas tent. Yeah. <laughs> no, T, T and I talked about it when we saw each other this week. We were talking about uh, maybe that's something we'll we'll do a spinoff of. And uh, he wants to do, uh, he's talking about a root cellar at his place. And he has an idea mm -hmm. and I have an idea for a root yeah. cellar. Maybe I can right get the, the property I leased but a root cellar. But uh, my relatives, uh, when uh, they lived in Eastern Colorado and Nebraska, when I was, when I was a young man, that's basically what the root cellar was for. That was, that was shelter from mm -hmm. tornadoes. Yeah. You, you, oh, you yeah, put food in, it, food in it, but when you saw that, you, you saw that, that tailwind coming down or that, that funnel cloud coming down, yeah. it was time to go to the root cellar. Hey, hey guys, don't forget to do your, your hashtag AA Tumblr to get on the drawing because we're going to do that here in just a few minutes. So if you're still hanging out, because mm -hmm. that, that's coming up here in a couple of minutes. Uh, I've never been through a tornado. Um, I've seen some at, at a great distance before. But hurricanes, yeah, I've been through bunches of them. Um, kind of like a tornado, just lasts a hell of a lot longer and not quite as strong. But 12 hours of, you know, 70, 80, 90 mile an hour winds. It, you're pretty much in the middle of the state, aren't you? Just about, yeah, just pretty much east-west, I'm just about dead center of the state. I'm, I'm the same way. That's one of the reasons I moved from the, the Fort Bragg area, Southern Pines, up to Cherokee, North Carolina, because the four years that I lived down out around there, two of those years, I had hurricane damage, and we're 150 miles from the coast, 150 miles from the coast, but I still had hurricane damage at my house, and I was like, time to move away from the coast so uh yes we moved, we moved up into the mountains and luckily because of the terrain that i'm in that's that's another advantage of living in the mountains is it's real hard for a tornado to touch down they, they skip off oh, the yeah. top of the ridges yeah. and go right back yeah. just yep. skips around we had one just a couple years ago that touched down in wilkesboro we never knew it we lost power a little bit windy but we had no idea well down here in the summertime you get the thunderstorms every afternoon because where I live, you get the East coast sea breeze, the West coast sea breeze, and they collide kind of right over what's called the central Florida Ridge, which is what I live on. And so you get these hellish thunderstorms every day. And it just depends on, you know, sometimes they're East of us, sometimes they're West of us, depending on the winds and what was going on that day. But they, they usually, if they start West of us, we get them. If they start East of us, we don't get them. So it just depends on the day. And, but they usually take out power for a little while anyway, because trees trimming in, in Florida is a full-time occupation that's never, ever uh, being done on time. Never finished. Never finished. Ever. Never finished in Florida, man. Like I, I was just talking to my buddy. He's got one of those the shredders that's on a skid steer. Like, you can drop it onto a tree, and it'll just grind oh, yeah, it up. Them things are awesome. And he's got one, and I've got him. He's going to bring it out to my property, and we're going to underbrush all the – I've got – clumps of trees in my, on my property and there's a lot of palms under them. I want to grind all the palms down and build a look. I want to open fields of fire uh, a, little, a little broader than what I presently have. So, so to speak. Right. No, yeah, I'm not, not implementing. I'm opening not fields of fire. This... I'm opening shooting lanes. I'm opening <laughs> fields of fire. I need observation. I'm going to provide no cover or concealment for anybody approaching my perimeter. That's all. And I'll say it on So to speak. 
<laughs> so to speak. In, in theory. <laughs> All right, if it makes you feel better. I'll tell you what. I've actually been through two tornadoes, uh, and I was outdoors. Uh, one of them, I was in the car. Good thing you did not let go of that sheep, or you'd have been... Oh, I know, I know. She, she wasn't happy, though. <laughs> no, I was... I was uh, grounded. I actually drove through one. Uh, you know, not through the center of it, obviously, but uh, I, I I couldn't see anything, so I have no idea. But uh, I wasn't stopping, and that was uh, both of them were actually in eastern Colorado, uh, and I saw everybody now, pulled over to the side of the road. And, uh, it was great for me because I was like, "Woohoo, no traffic!" And I gave everybody the bird and Hammered kept going, in. and that was my tornado experience. You know, they uh, tell you. They tell you that you're supposed to, you know, seek a ditch, you know, shelter underneath the overpass, or maybe you're not supposed to do that. Can't remember, but they tell you that you're not supposed to try to run from a tornado. And I'm going to tell you, we had one drop and I run. I mean, I hammer down and 100 mile an hour, I'm getting out of there. You know, maybe I, maybe I don't make it, maybe I do, but this whole let's just pull down into a ditch thing didn't work for me. So, well, I can, I can tell you, they say don't run from black bears too, but I ran from one before and I got away from I, it. He chased me I'm all, all the way to my truck. Yeah. So He's going to at least be a little tired when he does catch me. I mean, I'm going to have a mouthful of shit when he gets there. He's going to have a mouthful of shit his first bite. That's all he's getting. <laughs> <laughs> and there I'm you have it. Words of bear. wisdom from AA. <laughs> all right, guys, let's do our giveaway real quick, Holly. Let's, uh, let's, let's spool it up and let's uh, give it away up. Tumblr. Here we go. I love this thing. It's like Wheel of Fortune. It spins so fast and then it starts spinning slower and slower and slower. It's, to me, it's hilarious. Look at that. Oh. Cold War Prepper. There you go. All Cold right. Cold War Prepper. Hit us up. Uh, email us. Uh, hit up Russ or me or Mel or somebody um, and we will we'll get you. That's how you do it right there. Um, Russ's email address. Thank you, Russ. Like, and Russ, dude, I, I got some text late because I wasn't looking at my phone today. Glad you guys made it home. They were down here for, I don't know, a week or so. We were trying to go out on my pontoon boat the whole time they were here, and it rained every day. And then they were going to leave, but decided, eh, we don't need to leave. And they stayed a little extra day. But that afternoon, we were able to go out on the lakes. And so we took them through the chain of lakes up here on the pontoon boat. And we had an awesome time. So good time, good time. Did I see that correct too on social media that you now have a pontoon as a gift? Is that what I saw? Yeah, pretty much. Somebody might gave it to me. Twenty foot pontoon boat with a nine. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Perfect. That <laughs> I looked at. It, I was like, "What? You get it? Man, I need to start hanging out with Chris's friends." <laughs> hey, look, I, 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 I'm fixing to give away a, a camper. I'm fixing to give away a, a really nice camper, actually, to somebody that I don't need this thing. Um, I, I tried to hook up one buddy with it. That didn't work out. He can't take it, so I'm going to give it to somebody else. I'm giving it to him. If he needs Man, it. Thir 30 yeah. years ago, I'd have kissed your ass for that camper when I was living yeah, in that yeah. tent. Well, yeah, you were. <laughs> well, this guy's almost <laughs> in the same spot, but for different reasons. So I'm just going to give it to him. I got, oh, yeah. All right. So I, I, loaned, I loaned Emery a rifle, and he thinks it's, it was a gift. So he hasn't given it back in two years. Just, just, just reminding him. Uh, hey, Sue, do you know what's that? That was not a gift, Emery. Yeah. Do you know where that rifle is, Sue? It's in Emery's possession. Then it's yeah. still yours, isn't it? Yes. You can only shoot one at a time. Did he? Emery, Emery just took off. Emery's gone. He was like, I heard, you know what? I heard I heard his 
I heard it. I was going to say, what, he got butt hurt, took his ball, went to the house? I mean, what the hell? Yeah, uh, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I'm tired of hearing about that rifle that you gave me. <laughs> that rifle that you gave me. So we've got an interesting case down here uh, uh, with Florida Man uh, that just just took place. I want to get y'all's take on this. Sue, I'm, I'm really interested in your take. So there was a, an incident where this woman was in her house, and through her sliding glass door, she saw somebody on her back deck. With a flashlight and shit looking around. So she goes and gets her husband. He comes out, yells at the guy to leave, runs back in, gets an AR, and comes back and proceeds to send 30 rounds through his backyard at said subject with flashlight. Never hits him, thank God, because it was the pool guy. I heard, I heard this story, he, yes. No, crap. They shot him 30 times and never hit him. Uh, but it was the pool guy he hired. He just didn't tell him he was going to be there at 9 p.m. to do the pool. Pinellas County says that he will not be charged based on their standard ground laws in the state of Florida. So I'm just curious to hear, as not being Florida residents, what you guys think of, of a self-defense situation like that, where you open your sliding glass door and you just mag dump your backyard. And I don't know if this is in a subdivision or if this guy was rural or what, but that would add some complexities to it. So, so, so what do well, you guys think? Uh, the, qu the question is, because I, I have a, sim a similar situation. I, I caught my wife. <laughs> uh, I went to get drink. I was at a, I was at a, a ceremony or, or a, a reception dinner, an awards banquet. And I went up to the bar to get drinks and I came back and my wife was talking and blushing, talking to a, a one of her older boy, I didn't know it was an older boyfriend or anything, I, but I could tell by the way she was talking, she was very nervous. So I, I walked up to this guy and I said, who are you, the pool guy? And he goes, well, I might be the pool guy. And I said, well, we don't have a pool. So <laughs> come to my house. Yeah. Well, so now you can I, bring up the story in Florida. You know, if that ever rises again. Yeah, you know, you know, cool guys in Florida, the so. guy in Florida? That's right. That's right. No, I think I think the, the stand the ground thing. I I questioned before you pull the trigger on any, on anybody. It goes right back to gun safety. You know, yeah. what are you shooting mm -hmm. at? What what what's your back? You know, what what's your back stops? Yeah, and what's your reason for shooting at this guy? You know, if yeah. you, if you're just standing on the back porch with a flashlight. It's not a life and death situation. Not yet. And, mm -mm. and think of think of that amount of lethal force too. Thirty rounds of five five six just zip well, out it. There. And it, it's that it's that lack of training that gives the rest of us who who want to own firearms and keep firearms as as a way of protecting ourselves in our our our, our, our abode or our house. It it, it makes everybody look foolish and just gives am ammunition pardon the pun but it gives ammunition to the uh the anti-gun yep. advocates and we get we lose personal possessions of firearms because they say well look at this guy he just he, he's shooting at the pool at the pool board so right not, not a good that gives a bad name no. with the 30 rounds though you know sue and i was talking about this here last week we were doing a little training together and um, in that heat of the moment, adrenaline pump, um, I actually popped off 14 rounds out of my pistol and didn't even realize I had. I thought I shot two or three times, you know, and, uh, you know, that's how it happens, though. So, yeah, you're, cor you're correct. I'd say 
that it, it's it's not that castle doctrine or anything like that. We're talking about um, good gun safety and mental preparedness. We should probably know what we're shooting at, right? Absolutely. That's the like, like Sue said. First rules of gun safety, right? But mm -hmm. I, I believe in stand your ground laws. I believe in castle doctrines, and I believe in all those things. But I don't know if. Actually, I'll, I'll be out straight up honest. I don't believe this is justifiable shooting. I think this is an excessive mm -hmm. use of force, uh, and at the very least, was reckless endangerment. Because, like Sue said, I doubt he verified a backstop, and I and he obviously didn't identify his target. He was shooting at a light in his backyard. How is a light mm -hmm. a threat to you? I believe in everybody being able to defend themselves, one hundred percent, with whatever level of force is brought against you. You should be able to use greater force than that, in my opinion, to defend yourself. However. Someone walking around your backyard with a flashlight, how was that a threat to you? Other than somebody on your property, I get that. Um, right. But that, it just seems a bit much no. to me. It's, it's too much. It's too much. And, you know, I'm sure I, I would imagine that this would be a different outcome if he would have actually hit this poor pool boy. You know, I don't know. To me, maybe, maybe they're just trying to make it go away because nobody actually got hurt or killed. But I, I find it hard to believe that there would be nothing done if they would have riddled this guy, you know, 30 times out the bat. I don't well, see it either. I don't see that as a justifiable shooting. First, it would have depended on the race of the pool guy. There is. If, he was, if he was white, it would have been nothing. We'd have never heard about it. And, I'm, and, he, and he has to be white because they said there's no charges and this guy's going to walk basically on this. So it has to be a white pool guy. Had he been anything other than that, it would be a federal case. Yeah. Well, I remember. Did, remember. Uh, remember the. Uh, remember during the, some of the riot rioting going on up there in St. Louis, <clears throat> that couple that came outside their home and defended their home with. Did he fire shot? Simply held weapons. Never. Never fired a shot. And and when they when they finally got the pistol away from the wife who had mustard stains all over her shirt. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw that, but uh, I did. She's eating chili dog or something. They, the police, the police even admitted. The long way too. You know? Yeah. Go well, the, the uh -huh. police even admitted that that pistol would have not have operated. She put it, she, when, whenever she disassembled it and cleaned it and everything, she put it together wrong and it would, it would have never fired. But they, they Wasn't stood there something there. wrong with the AR-15 as well? Wasn't there something I think wrong it was a prop gun. Right? I didn't hear gun. that. I, I just know that the pistol I was thought not there was something yeah. not operated. But that's my point. They stood out there and they said, okay, we're here. <clears> we're <throat> going to defend our home. And just, just standing there defending their home, that crowd walked down the street and they, you know, there was a bunch of words said and everything like that, but I, yeah, they didn't I, do anything I wrong. Don't, I don't care what color you are or what, no. what your ethnicity is. Names, you know, calling each other names doesn't hurt you. Matter of fact, that's, that's protected under free freedom of speech. Oh, in the now, come on. You know, so it, doesn't, you know. it doesn't say, it doesn't say, Freedom of speech, unless it hurts somebody's feelings. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. But, it, but that's what they meant. We all know that because words are violence now. Remember that. Like no. you can no. um, you can be a drag queen and read a book to a child while exposing your genitals in this country, but you cannot read the Bible while at the same event. So remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, well, we got to get we got to get back to some common sense. You know, they're, they're common. <clears throat> 
Common sense. I'm, just, uh, I'm gonna throw this common, up. Because... Common sense basically equals life and death. You got you got to remember when you're holding a firearm, you're 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 holding the power of life and death. So use mm -hmm. use it with we use it with common sense. Yes, we do. And like I put this up because Nate brought it up. He said the pistol is inoperable because it was used as an exhibit in court case and never put back in working order. So that does make me question those people. And it's a good example of folks not accepting the gravity of the situation they're in. And they grab non-functioning firearms to confront a mob in front of their home. Mm -hmm. That's not a good plan. Like that's a definitely not good plan. Well, and that's, that's super and, good end up dead. And T talked about the, 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 you know, the little bit of training we were doing. What we're doing is trying, hoping to uh, be able to pass this on to our listeners and to uh, to other people. Is you get you, you have to prepare your yeah. There's Emory and I teach a lot of shooting, and we teach uh, more Emory than I. But uh, we teach a lot of shooting. We teach a lot of pistol drills, a lot of AR drills. Uh, we I teach long distance shooting. The thing is, is if if you don't understand if you're not mentally prepared to take the responsibility for that shooting, whether you're drawing from the concealed or you're taking a rifle out of your home and going after a light in the backyard, there's a, there's a huge responsibility to that. And you got to prepare yourself mentally for that. And there, that's, that's, that's a part of firearms training that I think a lot of people are not getting, you know, they go to the well, range, they understand the operation of the weapon. They understand that the rounds go down range but they don't understand the mental, uh, the mental ramifications of that. Whether you're being shot at or you're the shooter, am I let's, right or wrong? Uh, no, let's uh, let's hold on to that for just a second, Sue. I want to run one more little promo for these guys, and then we're going to come back and finish talking about that because that's that's a big deal. Uh, yes. We're going to skip the other stuff we're going to do. I want to discuss this a little bit more. So, Holly, if we could. Let's run this next little promo. We're going to come back and finish food up storage with this topic. A lot of us, when we're going through our food storage plan, we, we concentrate too much on that magical 3,000 calories a day number, uh, which is not enough, by the way. And what we forget is the actual nutritional value of the food that we're storing. Um, a lot of the food is just empty calories, um, processed fats, sugars, carbohydrates, things like that, things that aren't really helping us. Yeah, they're kind of like gas for the tank, but but what, um, what grade gas is it? Are we running you know, regular or we're running high octane premium stuff. So one of the things we need is find a way to supplement the nutrients that we need with our storage food in a small form factor, compact, you know, doesn't take up a lot of space, that kind of thing. And a few weeks ago, because of recent uh, dietary and gastrointestinal issues, um, I had to stop eating fresh greens, can't eat them no more. So I was looking for an alternative because I love my greens, but I can't have them. And I found Brickhouse. Now, I know you guys have seen this stuff in other places, but I actually ordered this. They didn't give it to me, and I was a customer before I became an affiliate with them. And that's why I recommend it to you, because I'm not going to recommend something I don't use myself. Um, this stuff's fantastic. First, it tastes really good. A lot of these things can be tough to swallow. Um, but Brickhouse Fuel of Greens isn't. And I really like the berry. This is actually my favorite one, the berry flavored one. But with this, you get to replace all the vitamins and minerals that are lost through the preservation process for food. Canning destroys nutrient content. Freeze drying is bad for it too, and so is dehydrating. So you want to find a way to supplement that. One scoop of, of Brickhouse Field of Greens is your daily serving of fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables. Now this is listed as a green, but it's fruits and vegetables. And it's how you can replace all that stuff in your diet. Because if you just live, just exist on those empty calories and the processed fats and the carbohydrates and the sugars and all that stuff, 
you're eventually going to wear down. Uh, mental capacities will be affected, everything will be affected, and you'll just be less effective. You've got to keep your body running top, in top form. And you can do it with this. And the cool thing about the Brickhouse Fuel of Greens, like these, and they have other products too, but this is the only thing I've used so far, so it's something I'm talking about. Um, this will fit right in the rucksack. And each scoop, one scoop out of this mixed in a glass of water, is your daily serving of fruits and vegetables. And what they contain is incredible. Spinach, parsley, kale, uh, barley grass, organic wheatgrass. This sounds like what my food eats, but uh, organic wheatgrass, um, spirulina, the, the algae, um, another algae I can't even pronounce, green pepper powder, green apple powder, green banana powder, sweet potato powder. These things are chock full of superfoods. And this is not a supplement. Brickhouse is food. This is a food, not a supplement. This can go right on the shelf beside your long-term storage food, small form factor that you can throw in a rucksack to help keep you going in the field as well. Check out Brickhouse at the link below, guys. Buy some and give it a shot. I'm a fan. I order it. I use it. I think you guys could too. And I really actually do use it too. I was a customer before I became an affiliate. So. No, it's good stuff too. I'm saying, I, uh, and it's great, like you said, for putting on the shelf. Um, that's the long-term storage you know because i do that with the greens and with protein you know protein all powder the, all veggies and fruits number 10 cans that's a lot of bulk a lot of space we also know there's a lot of dead space in those cans so this is something a small form factor goes on the shelf go in a ruck keep you running so that's good stuff but but uh but sue back to what you were you were talking about is mentally preparing yourself for that lethal encounter said, yeah so books on like on combat, on killing, they, they go into these topics quite a bit. But a few years ago, the NBA did a study on visualization. And what they had, what they did is they had NBA players sit and visualize making three free throws, free throws and making it. And they had to do this repeatedly and for, for long stretches of time where they would just sit and visualize making free throws and them going in. And every one of the players improved in their free throws just through visualization so i think that that's a tool that people can use to sit and not not you know gore porn in your mind but visualize yourself reacting to a lethal force encounter because oh, yeah. that's something that you can and i think yep. people should mm -hmm. do that and and run through that stuff in your head and but you know you're not you're not john wick you know, don't think like no. John Wick. You know, you got to. Well, and, and, and you're exactly right. You don't. Uh, th that's why dry fire is so important. You don't have to go to the range and burn up a case of ammo to say, oh, no. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, you know, I'm ready for the big bad world. What you got to do is mentally prepare yourself, you know, and for, for every round that you send down range, you should dry fire 10 times. Does that make sense? At least. You should prepare your at mind least. for that. Yeah. And, well, it's uh, like. Every day when I, when I get up, put my gun on every day. I put my gun on and then I I do a couple presentations, holster up, make sure I'm good. But at least two a day, three a day, you know, just to get into that habit. I also condition check my gun. Muscle memory. Well, it's not muscle memory. Muscle memory is a myth. And I wish Emery was here because he'd go on a rant. Sue, you know his rant by heart on muscle memory? Come on, Sue. Hit us with that All rant right. because... No, I don't know that rant right. by heart. So, so here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of the rant. There's no such thing as muscle memory. What you're doing is you're building neural shortcuts in your brain. 
you're not training the muscles of your body because they have no way to retain memory or anything else. What you're doing is creating shortcuts in your brain so that it's just like driving. When we're driving, we're doing other things. Some people could be on their phone. We might mess with the stereo or the GPS or we're thinking about something. We're not thinking about driving the vehicle because we've done it so many times and so much that our brain knows exactly what we don't want to do in our subconscious, allowing our conscious mind to focus on other things. And it takes 5,000 repetitions of that act to get there. And I know you know that part, Sue. Yeah. yeah I, I did a lot of push-ups in the army. I can do, I can do a push-up <laughs> in my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, then once sleep. again, we come right back to that mental game. I mean, it's mental. You're the, yeah. uh, building that that side of your psyche to, to uh, register what it's supposed to do without thinking about it. Well, um, and I think I think no. you you guys said it last week is getting your mind ready for any situation. Right? If, well, we talked about tornadoes and hurricanes on, on this episode. Mm-hmm. I could I could uh, T and I we live close to each other in North Carolina, but we could prepare our our little uh, segment of the world all we want, and then it could be gone tomorrow in a a brush fire, a forest fire. Everything could be gone, but. The, what I like doing about it and, and experimenting and talking to talking to you talking to you guys and talking to uh, the people that listen to us and answering emails is I get ideas I go out and I experiment with them and then I have that knowledge up here whether it's with a firearm whether it's gardening whether it's using you know uh, hand tools or mechanicing or anything I have that knowledge that I can start over so I, I want to Knowledge is power. Knowledge is pure power. If you if you learn that and you get it, and and T and I talked about this, you have to learn by you know actually touching and doing, and that's and that's where you get the repetition the rep, uh, repetition for that muscle memory. So even if you lose everything you have, you still have the confidence to build it all back up again, and it's preparing oh, yeah. your mind, preparing your mind for that. Well, KW here brings up a point. They say, uh, I, I know this is out there. I believe firearms training isn't enough. I've learned so much more in hunter safety classes. I agree with that. However, you're not taking proper training from the proper instructors is what I'll tell you. If you go take a class with tactical rifleman or you take one with Emory Morgan Stern at Prime Combat Training or you take one with NC Scout at brushbeater.org, um, those guys are going to give you real-world training. Sue is part of tactical rifleman, so Sue, I'm lumping you in with him. But yeah. – these guys are going to teach you real world stuff. Um, they'll put you under pressure. Okay. Um, people that go to the range and stand there on a square range and stand there with their feet well at the ground and punch holes in paper. Um, you're not teaching yourself anything. Uh, you're feeding your ego because your group's getting tighter, 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 but stand at their feet well at the ground. You're not doing crap. Uh, unless you're working against a shot timer or movement while you're shooting or, you know, inducing, uh, malfunctions into a weapon while you're shooting and moving and doing these things. That's the real world stuff. Like I watched a, I watched a donut operator. I don't know if any of you guys watch donut on YouTube, but I love donut operator. He's a good dude. He did a video not too long ago of a woman who turned and pointed a weapon at the police and she got lit up. Um, she actually didn't die. But they hit her a bunch of times. And when they got her weapon and cleared it, she had the rounds in her magazine backwards. Mm. Backwards. Mm. So, you've got to train, and I, I mean, I don't want those people to train. You know, none of us want those people to train. We want them to stay the, the well. And, and uh, I, I'll, I'll 
point out, I heard some coyotes in the backyard. I think I, I think I told T about this. We had another visitor that I brought with me. He was one of my students, one of Emory's students from the long range course. And I heard some coyote pups out in the uh, backyard. My young, my young uh, healer was running along the fence line. So I know it wasn't her. And I was like, Oh, those are coyotes over there. And I asked him, I said, you want to go call in some coyotes? And I said, we got to go over here in the certain part of the ditch. And uh, I said, when it gets dark, we'll, we'll put up the coyote pro. We'll try to call them in, and then we can actually shoot across my pasture and try to get these coyotes. Oh, yeah, great idea. Well, this guy disappeared for 45 minutes, you know. And I, I was like, well, it's getting dark. Are, are you going to come with me or not? And then he showed up with his range bag, and he had his shooting mat and everything. And I was like, no, put all that crap down. That's what yeah. you do on the range when you go and you shoot and you, you know, get all prepared and everything. No, we're going hunting now. You're going to lay in the dirt. You're going to be down in, in a defilade. So, and you're not going to move and you're going to hope that these coyotes come in and they didn't come in. But my point is, you know, he thought he needed to be prepared to go out there. And if, if people train on the range, I can give an example of, uh, law enforcement using whistles. When I was a corrections officer here in the state of Arizona, when I was flunking out of college, you know, we all went to training with the corrections officers. They used to use whistles. They used to use whistles a lot, you know, for range, for controlling the range, you know, you know, they'd, they'd whistle for, you know, ceasefire. They'd whistle for drop your magazines. They'd whistle for that. And then uh, a guy, a uh, deputy out here in Mar Maricopa County, uh, it was in, it was in, in his after action report, he was, in a gunfight, he heard a whistle and he dumped his magazine during a gunfight. You know? yep. so you're only as good as your training. So you're exactly you're fight right. how you train. You're, you're, you're going to yeah. fight how you train. And, and, <laughs> and on that note, we're, we're going to call it an evening, fellas. You guys got any uh, last words of wisdom or foul language for Emory since he's not here to defend himself? Yeah, I did. I did get a text from Emory. He says uh, he, he, did. He, he apologizes. His, his, uh, his cell phone conked out on him. So uh, he apologizes to the co-hosts and to the audience but he will that's right get a, a new computer tomorrow new computer new computer he said he, he already said he no. spent a bunch of money buying crap so he's going to be real excited about that and uh <laughs> so uh so guys uh next thursday same bat time same bat channel i won't be here i might be up in uh tactical rifle territory up in katie's kentucky so sweet we'll see what happens but uh till then uh, you guys know the drill. Be good or uh, be good at it. All right. That's it. Next time.